Hello and welcome to this very special edition of The Three Point. This is not The Three Point Sports Talk podcast. This is The Three Point Media Podcast. I'm not sure if we'll use like the N64 controller for this or the Three Point logo currently, but with like a power glove outline on it. I just gestured on my wrist for those of you watching. For those of you listening at home, I outlined it right there. So I'm playing around with a couple different concepts here. I've got a monitor set up in the background, got some fun, fancy decorations. Yes, I know the, the lighting isn't perfect. Uh, that is something we are working on and developing the right ways to do it. We do have a ghost in the background on top of a PS3 to celebrate the holidays. And in honor of the holidays, we are going to review the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, the new Netflix show that is a companion to the CW's Riverdale on TV. And on top of that, we're going to go through some of the maybe more underappreciated movies or TV shows that fit the holiday spirit that I I quite like. And I think that, you know, more people should be aware of if they aren't already. So we'll go through that as well. But without further ado, we're just going to dive right into my review of the chilling adventures of Sabrina. This follows Sabrina the Teenage Witch. It's an adaptation of a graphic novel series, comic book series that's been running uh, in the recent, what, 2010s or so, the last couple of years. And instead of this being a sitcom, lighthearted comedy, this is definitely something more along the lines of American Horror Story. Now, nowhere near as graphic or bloody, but still there is a decent amount of blood and uh, a more mature content. And it takes that and goes, uh, the Sabrina concept and goes darker, a little bit more macabre, not jokes, but more atmospheric. So not quite as dark as American Horror Story. I would say probably on the same level as Supernatural. So probably what you've seen on Riverdale as well. So blood, violence, some things, not no real nudity. The characters are supposed to be high schoolers. And for the most part, it does a really good job balancing the innocence of young adulthood, at least from what I can remember of mine, which was not that long ago and sometimes feels much farther ago than it was. But my experience in 2011 compared to this timeless high school experience is is really interesting. It goes a little bit along the lines of Gotham where some of the cars and the technology, things like that, lots of usage of rotary phones. Um, there are cell phones that pop up, but the cars are all 1950s and 1960s. So existing in a little bit of that gray area, uh, stylized so, but it tells the story of Sabrina who on her 16th birthday will become baptized as a full witch but at doing so she has to give up her human side and so the series or at least season one is about the conflict of will she or won't she and how satan hail satan praise satan is really pushing for her soul and why is that and the conspiracy around her parents and then how does she dynamically or the dynamic of her balancing her high school life and her friends with this magical life and it's fun. I mean, there's some some elements you see maybe of Wizards of Waverly Place, if you ever watch that Disney series, but a much more mature, mature take, uh, maybe some Halloween Town higher. I don't, not quite sure what you want to compare it to, but the going back and forth between, you know, a magic world or, you know, a different life, bouncing between the kind of secret identity and then what is normalcy and what is it? And it's just a fun, fun series or maybe delicious delectable and I don't have any of the names off the top of my head of the actresses, but the aunt who was the woman who stabbed the Witch King in, uh, the Witch King, not Witch King, big difference, in Return, Lord of the Rings Return of the King, the, the aunt, or the other aunt is played 
by the actress who played uh, Etta Candy in Wonder Woman, so the secretary to Chris Pine's character. She's in it as well. Uh, the young actress who probably Sabrina, you can see behind me, she was known for her appearance in Mad Men. And, and everyone just developed really well. And just the chemistry between everyone. So I've read some online that they don't like the combination of Harvey Kinkle and Sabrina, the two actors playing off each other. But they do a very good job, in my opinion. And it, I care. And it's sweet. And it's innocent. And then it's dark and macabre and, and bloody. And it's just a very fun romp. I don't know how, quite how to say this, but it, it's it's just this delectably, deliciously dark, enjoyable tale that does not overstate its welcome. Welcome, and then of course, uh, Miss Gomez from not Adam Stanley Gomez, but Gomez from Doctor Who, the actress who played Missy. She pops up in this as well. And as soon as I saw her, she was giving a speech to Sabrina talking about the patriarchy. And even though I am a white male, I was more than ready to burn it all down. And just it was great. It feels like the right show for this time talking about empowerment and why are women, um, you know, literally selling their souls to a man and, you know, the witches to the contract with Satan and all this stuff and, and challenging expectations. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I think anybody can relate to it, um, but probably people can more so feel better um, or, or feel stronger about it than I can. If I can just see someone going against authority and rejecting it. Uh, I'm, I don't even know what it would be like for somebody who more closely aligns with these characters. There's LGBT representation, there's minority characters, and it, it all comes together to basically say, get the hell out of the woman's way and let everybody do what they're supposed to do. And, and a large course of this is about the idea of freedom and what constitutes freedom, what is freedom. Uh, versus what people say it is versus what it turns out being and what is that choice that people can make. And I think for all that, no matter uh, where I decide to stick my foot in my mouth there or how you put it in there, that underlying concept of people being free to choose their own path is the point of Sabrina in this adventure, the chilling adventures of Sabrina and how it is told and how the, the, the cinematography and everything comes together. It's absolutely fantastic. So if you can't tell, I am gushing about it. I cannot recommend it enough. It is something great to put on with Netflix. I would probably say the mature content would be someone maybe 11 to 12 older, depending on where you are in violence with your household uh, and some other things there. But that would be the right age maybe to watch it. But a fantastic recommend it for uh, everybody to watch as long as you are the right age or, you know, your parents give the OK or you get around it and just watch it without your parents. I'm not con condoning that. I'm not condemning that. I'm just saying we all know that happens too. Uh, Sabrina. Four stars out of five. Highly recommend it. Of course, it's not a perfect series, but not many things are. But it is so good. It is so enjoyable. The actors are so well done. The cinematography is fantastic. A little bit of changes throughout the series as it kind of bounces between film and television. But th that's that's nothing too crazy, especially when you're trying to, I don't know, monitor budget and go from there. So Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, check it out now. Fantastic to put on and watch during Halloween, uh, depending on, you know, as long as you get everybody's approval or, you know, don't get in trouble. Whatever happens, neither condone or condemn. Anyways, we're going to move on to something I want to talk about. Movies and uh, TV shows that fit the Halloween time period, the seasonal time period, maybe the darker fall, that I really enjoyed. Now, first up is Cabin in the Woods. Now, Cabin in the Woods is a film directed by Drew Goddard, who is also known for his work on Daredevil on Netflix, and Joss Whedon 
who is known for Buffy the Vampire Slayer Avengers, and maybe one half to a quarter, however much you want to say, or three-fourths of Justice League. But this movie is fantastic. I'm not a huge fan of scary or spooky or things like that, but this is the perfect horror deconstruction. So it's actively aware of horror tropes for friends. For? Well... Well, let's break down some of it. You've got you know, the, what appears to be the the jock, the scholar, the uh, fool, the innocent one, and then the embodiment of sinful women. The the horror tropes that not not really my words. Trust me. It just watch the film. But it it takes those basic tropes of five friends go up to a cabin in the middle of nowhere, and hell on earth breaks loose. But it. It's not quite pure hellish as it seems. And I don't want to go into too much further than that, but the twist this movie plays with, especially using uh, Whedon casts as well, it's just a fantastic spin on horror movies, and it combines a lot of different elements and goes a lot of different directions, but in a fantastic, fun romp that you just can't wait to see um, how it ends, and you'll just be chomping at the bit as more and more unfolds. And it's just a highly enjoyable film, definitely on your watch list put it on there now oh it has chris hemsworth i mean you might know him too from films like avengers thor fantastic work uh, all around from the cast and uh maybe you'll see a couple cameos of favorite actors and actresses you've seen from we didn't shows through the years next up rocky horror picture show this is the quintessential uh spooky musical now it is definitely a different experience whether you watch it live with a bunch of different people or if you kind of just watch it at home, the audience call and response interactions is something that makes this movie uh, unique in the different dialogue that is supposed to be cued by what the audience says. You know, Brad comes up in the slate. Brad goes on screen. People yell asshole. Janet goes on screen. They yell slut. Asshole slut goes back and forth. This is what's part of it. People throw food, uh, hot dogs, all sorts of different things. It's a really interesting way, especially if you're a first time, you're a virgin to Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, go with friends who know what they're doing. Go see it in theaters. It's really exciting. I mean, the music's also really good. I mean, Tim Curry as Dr. Frankenfurter, he is fun. There, there's a reason why Tim Curry is beloved for his voice, both, both I mean, spoken word and singing, his acting. He, he perfectly embodies the character and he c kills it. He's a Transylvanian uh, transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. So, uh, yes, it's, it's designed to be confusing. It's designed to be nonsensical. It, it's taken on a life of its own. And this is the version to see. If you're going to see a film, uh, we've seen it live to seeing the an actual musical version. That's how it started out. Kind of like other things where it was a musical and then became a movie. And either way, just seeing it live, seeing it with an audience that's really into it. It's a fantastic way to see it. Brad and Janet, car breaks down. They go to a castle. And this version of All Hell uh, breaks loose. But this one is a weird combination of sexual liberation and deviance and violence. And there, there's nothing really graphic in it. There is maybe content in it that, you know, if we're talking about gender identity, there's a little bit of murder and, and other things like that. So, so, the, so those are, might be some things for some people, but honestly, I love it. I think it's a fantastic movie. Uh, I, I know I'm saying that, but this is 
a fantastic musical. It's a interesting storytelling, and especially it's a very unique experience as well. So that's one to check out. Up next, one you all should already be aware of and know, and if you haven't seen it yet, well, one that is Seth Green, known for Voices and Family Guy in the very bottom corner. But he, you know, it was hard to find a good picture without him in it. But the rest of the cast, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So the thing that put Joss Whedon on the map, besides maybe writing, you know, one of the Toy Story scripts. Anyways, woman or a young girl in high school, after a movie already happened, Whedon kept the rights and sort of rebooted it with the TV show, but kept keeping the basic idea from the movie. I think it had Drew Barrymore. And Sarah Michelle Keller plays Buffy. She is a kick-ass woman, well, one born to every generation, Slayer. Basically, she has superpowers that lets her kill vampires and other evil monsters easily. She goes to a town that's built on a hellmouth, which means things come out of hell pretty easily there. There's lots of demons. Things go bump at night. She's supported by her friends, you know, Xander and Willow, and then kind of the mentor librarian Giles, and they work together to oh but that's will over there this is seth green i don't remember what his character's name is to be honest it's, it's seth green being seth green they work together this show especially the first season i think is a great jumping off point i know some people maybe think it's slow but the first season to me it really fits the horror movies it, it plays around with the evil master vampire and the, the chemistry is already there from the characters from the get-go i mean everybody progresses and the characters have layers that are peeled away or dynamic growth and so this is just a great show to watch all the way through all the seasons season one is great because the timing and the love between the characters it is already there getting the ground going it doesn't really need to grow its beard uh as it were to, to get to season two to really take off i mean season two does have spike one of the great antagonists slash anti-heroes kind of uh in TV history, but season one, great jumping off point, a little bit traditional story, but that works well for Halloween and this time frame. Go see it right now. Next up, Paranorman. Now, this is definitely a little bit more on the younger skewing side. Paranorman is the same studio that's done Coraline and Kubo and the Two Strange. That one will emotionally wreck you. And Paranorman, to me, is a sweet, melancholy story. And a lot of what I saw actually in The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina does seem to actually be a little bit in there in Paranorman. So I maybe watch Paranorman first before you see Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, if you are inclined to do so. Uh, but this, the animation is beautiful. How they tell the story of a young boy who's in the center of the poster... He can see dead people. Now, how does that affect his life? How does that affect the people around him? And there's a curse on the town that only he can stop. And the interaction between the the bully and his best friend and his sister and the jock. And just the dynamic characters aren't just stereotypes. They play with things. They work through things. It's a story of growing and acceptance and understanding. Which, yes, it is hitting the same notes as Sabrina. I realize that. But... These are all great things to share and to tell stories about, to have people be aware of appreciating and understanding and loving each other because what makes us different makes us special. I mean, if everybody was just the same, what what's the point? I mean, you even run into situations, you know, where you 
you know, you're friends with someone for a very, very long time. And, you know, you want to have a conversation. You already had the conversation because you know what they're going to say. Maybe, maybe that might be a better example in like a long-term relationship if you've been there. Uh, but I mean, that's a topic for another time of, you know, learning to develop and challenging each other. But this movie, I mean, it does the same thing. The characters grow and then they challenge each other and they make each other better and they complete each other in ways to, you know, find the solution to the problem, having different viewpoints. So it's, it's a really cute, charming story. It edges out Nightmare Before Christmas because one, obviously, that is more well-known than Paranorman. And I think the animation on Paranorman is better. I mean, it's it's newer and that kind of happens with stop motion films, but it, it's just really, really well done. The set design and the color scheme and everything comes together to make it a fantastic film. So I highly, highly, highly suggest that uh, it is the younger if you have young kids, you might not work better with the other suggestions. This is the the movie to put on in the background, maybe while you're eating candy or before you go out. This would be it. So hopefully I didn't ramble too long on those ones. This one, definitely a more well-known Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead by Edgar Wright and Nick Frost and Simon Pegg. And one of the ants in Sabrina is in this as well. A small role and so many other fantastic British actors. Anyways, two best friends, zombie apocalypse happens. They're two losers, and their plan is to go to the pub and wait out the apocalypse. It's literally, literally the plot. Um. Oh, and then that's his ex girlfriend who is kind of an ex, but not really. And I mean, it, it's complicated. But you know, how does the zombie apocalypse bring out the best in a person or a loser? Maybe like me, and. It's just sharp. It's witty. The timing is fantastic. It's a bromance comedy. It's it's a love story about zombies, but in a really good way that that nothing else is really topped. And I, the other Edgar Wright films hold a special place in my heart, uh, but obviously this is the right one for the Halloween time period. I don't know how much more I can say about this besides British comedy, uh, definitely a more dry sense of humor and entirely quotable uh just the the mannerisms and, and and the vocals i think that's it i don't have many more superlatives i can drop on different films besides saying they're all great films they all have different needs Shaun of the dead british dry comedy paranorman your younger kids movie and buffy your tv show uh with the strong uh physical uh, female lead a Rocky Horror, the musical, that's for maybe adults. Cabin in the Woods, the horror deconstruction out there for maybe, you know, film people or just people who want to see something different than the usual. And Chilling Adventures of Sabrina for a new tale that fits perfectly in the, you know, post-2016 world, wherever you stand on that. It, these themes tie in directly to what's happening now. And I think that's going to do it for me today. I'm not going to ramble too much longer because... That means it'll just take longer to make, longer to get up. I need to go to bed at some point. Yay, third shift. So this is recorded right after this. So you guys have time to watch this and enjoy this before Halloween. But even if you are watching this or listening to it after Halloween, I thank you. I appreciate you doing so. Please remember to go to the Facebook.com slash the three point. Like us there. Go to Twitter.com. Follow the three points So Twitter.com slash the three point. 
And then, you know, YouTube, like and subscribe the videos, leave a comment, any suggestions on things I can improve on. And, you know, leave a comment on Facebook too. So, you know, things I can do better with, you know, lighting or tech or content. What do you want me to talk about? What should I talk about? How should I do things better besides using the same words over and over to describe film? But if they're all enjoyable and they're fantastic, I mean, where's the harm in that? Anyways, I'm done blathering. Like, subscribe, follow. There's going to be podcast links, iTunes fixing that right now. Google Play is working, Stitcher. You can download and follow the podcast there or just download directly from the website. And I think that'll do it. I will have uh, pictures up of my Halloween costumes. I got a couple on the way. You can see my tried and true Star-Lord helmet there and the blaster down there. Going to get better lighting so you can see things along the line. I had a Thor 3 Ragnarok costume last year. Did get sent back. But I still have the hammer. And that'll do it. No Captain Hammer, Dr. Horrible, Sing Along Block Quotes. Other good movie. Maybe a little bit different genre. Anyways, enough rambling for today. I love you all. Thank you for the support you've shown on social media and in person and everything. And I will talk to you after Halloween. <laughs> Chug, chug, chug,